Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and welcome to the 34th ever episode of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I tell you about my life story as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. I'm currently recording this on November 28th, 2019, aka Thanksgiving Day. The time is 3.18pm, and I'm probably going to upload it on the 29th or the 30th to get one more episode out before the end of Thanksgiving. I want to quickly give a little announcement before we start. I was looking at my dashboard on Anchor before I record, like I usually do, and I just noticed that Aiden on Anchor has passed 500 total plays, which is pretty cool, considering we've only really done about like 34 episodes total, 33 regular ones, and then the Zach one. And in that amount of time, we've managed to do like 500 total views, which is really cool. Uh, I just got the impression that I was really the only one to listen to this and a few people on Discord. But hitting that number proves to me that there is a bit of an audience here. And it gives me the motivation to continue recording it and providing this sort of content to you guys. Because apparently y'all are enjoying it. So thank you for the 500 total plays. In case you're wondering which episode has the most views, that honor would go to episode 1 at 53 plays, and episode 6 at 51. The first six episodes tend to have a lot more plays, because that was when Anchor was relatively new, and then the later episodes kind of dropped off a little bit, and kind of now average at around the 10-play range, which is fine for me, honestly. Again, hitting 500 was a pretty freaking awesome goal in general, and uh, the fact that I've even done this podcast consistently this year was just another goal of mine, and I thought it would get kind of boring by now, but no, it hasn't at all. I still really do enjoy talking to you all and, and listening and having great conversations and all that sort of stuff, so yeah. Speaking of conversations, what are we going to be talking about today, Aiden? Well, this is a bit of a weird one, I guess. Um, I was noticing when the last Aiden on Acre came out, I was uh, getting questions, not about last episode, but about how I record everything in my game setup. I record a lot of gameplay from a lot of different consoles, and I only have one capture card, the Elgato HD60, and I was getting questions from Possum specifically about, like, how do I hook up things like the Wii, or how do I hook up things like the PS3, or even all the retro systems, and I realized, oh shoot, I've spent a lot of time putting this setup together, getting it optimized to work with a bunch of different systems, and I've learned a lot along the way that I think it would be cool just from a behind-the-scenes perspective to tell you guys really what my setup is like, what I use, and hopefully for anybody else trying to record gameplay or who wants to record gameplay, they can have this episode as sort of a thing to look back at and be like, oh, that's how he does it. Because this setup has grown and grown over the years, and I really do like where it's at now. And hopefully it'll be interesting for you guys to listen to. If you're not into gameplay stuff specifically, it, it might be kind of boring. But uh, hey, you do what you gotta do, man. You do what you gotta do. I'll still try to keep it entertaining along the way. But yeah, how do I record all my freaking games? Well, it starts first with a metal shelf. Metal shelf? Why do you have a metal shelf? Well, the idea here is to displace as much heat as possible. A lot of consoles, especially when they're running for long periods of time when you're streaming or recording, can get pretty hot, I found. And because I have, like, so many of them, um, it really made sense to have metal shelves so that the bottoms could stay relatively cool 
and it wouldn't heat up the consoles from underneath. I found that wood shelves can do that a lot of the time, or really insulated ones. Uh, these metal ones have no back at all, so a lot of air can just run through it. Um, it's about four specific shelf pieces, so the top shelf, the second shelf, the third shelf, and the fourth. Um, two of them in the middle have all my consoles, and the bottom one has my controllers, the top one has the power bar, the switchers, and other pieces of equipment. So let's, I guess, start with the bottom shelf and work our way up for what I have. So the bottom shelf has these two tins uh, and a switch carrying case, as well as my PS1, because I ran out of place to put it. Oh, and my Wii U gamepad. I have the Wii U gamepad charging down there as well. Um, so a lot of stuff, actually, now that I think about it. I like to keep all my controllers in these bins. I've separated it into two categories. The first category is all the Nintendo controllers, and the second one is any non-Nintendo controllers. So typically for like the PlayStation stuff, has its own sort of bin. So I can dig in there, and as long as I know what system I want to play on, I can pick one of those two bins and grab one of those controllers. I also have all my portable games in one of these bins, the Nintendo one specifically. It's in a sort of Ziploc baggie. So that's where all the DS and Game Boy games go. It might be better to have a case in certain instances so I can have it really better organized. But for right now, having it in a plastic bag works fine for me. So that's what I do. My Switch case is helpful for me to carry the Switch. And then the PS1 is there at the very bottom with the Wii U just because I ran out of space. <laughs> Basically. That's all that comes down to. Alright, next shelf. We have shelf number three. We have four consoles on this shelf, the Wii, the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, and the Nintendo 64. None of those consoles output directly to HDMI, which is the only input that my Elgato HD60, aka my capture card, accepts. Um, I didn't want to buy three or four multiple capture cards. That just seemed like a, a bad idea. So I wanted to somehow take each individual system and output it to HDMI. The Wii... And this was originally what Possum was asking. How do you take that and put it in HDMI? That one was actually relatively simple. I bought a little uh, Weed HDMI dongle. Basically, you can find them on Amazon for like $10 or so. And all it is is it's a little plug-in that goes into the back of the Wii and then outputs to HDMI. Uh, and then I can put that in my capture card and I'm ready to go. So that one's pretty simple, actually. It looks pretty nice. It's not widescreen or anything, but the Wii never really did output in a huge widescreen area, so you will still have black bars. But it looks infinitely better than if you were to just stick composite or, like, those cheap component cables or whatever. So that's how I do the Wii. The rest of those systems, the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, and the N64, are all outputting composite video, which is the red, yellow, and blue. And then they will end up getting upscaled later on in the setup. Um, the same is true for the PS1. In case you're wondering, it's also running out of composite as well. But it will be upgraded later on. The Wii U gamepad, I don't have outputted to anything because you don't need to record it. So <laughs> there you go. But that's shelf number two. Shelf number three is where a lot of my HD systems go, including the Switch, the Wii U, the PS3, and the GameCube. The GameCube, again, is composite, uh, and it will be routed up to the top shelf to get sort of upgraded HDMI. Again, I'll talk about that later. And as far as all the HDMI systems go, that's relatively straightforward. 
you take a HDMI cable and you kind of plug it up into the capture card. Uh, the PS3 in specific is a bit weird um, in that it won't directly capture it without doing a little bit of uh, messing around, basically. Uh, the reason why it won't natively is because it has HDCP copy protection, which pretty much means that you can't record a PS3 coming out of HDMI because there's a signal in it trying to inhibit that from happening. And unless you get rid of that signal, you will have no way of doing that. This also happened with the PS4, uh, but they added a software update where you could turn it off. So if you're ever wondering why your PS4 does the same thing, look into software, look into videos on how to disable it. The PS3, you unfortunately cannot disable it, so I had to get a hardware workaround, which is basically a little HDMI splitter box. You put in an input on one end, and then it goes out on two others. Not only does it help split my HDMI signal a little bit down the road for later, but a cool thing I found is that if you put anything through that splitter, it gets rid of that HDCP copy protection, and I can record PS3 stuff. This is also helpful for other things later down the road. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the second row. Relatively simple stuff as far as the HD systems are concerned. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's get into the final shelf. And on here, we don't have necessarily any consoles. We have my three power bars. That's right, three, because I have all these consoles hooked up at once. Um, next, we have sort of like my 3DS that's just charging. I can't really capture it at all. My little iPod Nano, that old boy. You remember the little iPods that are like squares? Those things are cute. Uh, I have that charging up there. And then finally, sort of the hub of the whole setup and where all the magic happens. I have my HDMI switcher, not splitter, two different things. My AV switcher, and finally my VHS and DVD recorder. Why do you have a VHS and DVD recorder? Well, first off, I have a huge VHS collection. I've talked about this a thousand times. But more interestingly, in my opinion, is that not only does it have a ton of inputs that you can put into it, things like composite, things like component, etc., but this thing has an output to HDMI. I don't know how I found that or how I was able to discover that, but basically anything I input through there, I can output to HDMI. So in case you were wondering, like, oh, how do you get all those retro consoles to output to HDMI? Well, basically, how it works out is that all those composite cables, and this is like four or five composite cables from all these different consoles, they all go up into the AV switcher. And all a switcher is, basically, is you can switch between each input. It doesn't get rid of copy protection. It doesn't split the signal. It's literally just like I can plug in eight composite sources push a button, and now whichever button I push, that's the only source that shows up. I also have an HDMI switcher as well. So if you're wondering how I get those three or four uh, HD systems switched around, that's how I do it. But uh, anyway, back to the retro system. So all of it goes into that video audio switch, that composite switcher, right? I have eight sort of inputs, and it all outputs through one cable, which is awesome. I don't have to output it to eight separate cables because the switcher does that for me. So I take that one output and put it into the VHS and DVD recorder. Put an input through there, output to HDMI, and bam, 
all of a sudden, now if I want to record any retro console or a VHS tape, I have one HDMI cable that allows me to do that, that comes directly out of the VHS and DVD recorder. That HDMI cable goes into the HDMI switcher with the rest of the HD systems, like the Switch, the Wii U, the PS3. And again, it also has one output. I can input four or five HDMI sources, and then if I want to switch to them, I can just switch with the touch of a button or a remote, and it outputs just via one cable out of that box. And then that goes into the little splitter that I was talking about earlier. That way I can record PS3 stuff. Um, the other reason I have it in particular is that the VHS tapes and DVD tapes have a little bit of that copy protection as well. Um, that splitter gets rid of it, so I can record my own little personal copies for myself. Um, and then finally, <laughs> that splitter goes into the capture card, uh, allowing me to capture all my footage, and then it outputs the TV and all that sort of stuff. So it sounds complicated. It sounds really complicated. It sounds like far too much effort to hook all these systems up, get them all in these boxes, get into the capture card. Aiden, why do you do this? Why do you even plug all these cables together? It's, it's a mess of cable management, I will say. That's one of the big weaknesses is that you can just see this tangle of wires because everything is going to the top. Uh, you just see this huge mess of wires. But the reason that I do it is because it allows for a level of convenience that I have never had when recording any type of game I want. Because all these systems are plugged in and ready to go. Basically, if I want to play a game from any of these consoles, the Wii U, the Switch, the PS3, the GameCube, the Wii, the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, the N64, the PS1, if I want to record a game from any one of those consoles, all I have to do, literally, take the game, put in the console, turn it on, switch it over, and then I'm done. Compared to right? The old way I had to do it, where I had all eight of these systems and I would have to unplug and replug each thing and then get it over into the capture card. Now that I know what I'm doing and now that I have all these splitters and switchers and this VHS and DVD recorder, it takes me maybe less than a minute to have all my game capture stuff ready to go, outputting to the TV and playing any game from any console that I want. I don't have to keep all my consoles in the closet and have to drag one out when I want to play a specific game. I don't have to wait for later re-releases on the Switch when I could just use my Wii U, right? Like, <laughs> I have all of these options. And the other thing that I didn't mention is like, oh, what about the games? There's literally a wooden shelf right next to it where all the game stuff is included. Top shelf for retro games, bottom shelf for modern games. So I can pick a game on the wood shelf, bring it over to the metal one, turn it on, switch over the switchers and stuff, takes a couple of seconds, and then we're ready to go. So that's how I can have everything, literally everything, ready to go, convenient, and all that sort of stuff. Aiden, you're going to burn your house down. There's too many consoles and stuff hooked up. Look, they're never turned on, all right? If I'm not using a particular system or a particular power bar, I turn it off. Because trust me, having them all powered on at the same time is a bad idea. <laughs> that that not only will bring my electricity bill super high up, but that's potentially a fire hazard. So all the consoles and stuff are off unless I'm actually using them. Power bars and stuff are off unless I'm actually using them. Um, the only thing that's like constantly running uh, is just mainly those like switchers and a little pro controller charger, I guess. 
because I like having my pro controller charged because <laughs> I hate using the freaking joy cons and stuff, I guess. So hopefully that answers a couple of your questions about how I record a lot of game stuff. Um, you may be wondering how I record like game boy stuff and NES stuff because I have done that before on blue catch productions, but you'll notice I didn't mention having a game boy or an NES. Uh, so in those two cases particular, for Game Boy games, I have the Game Boy Player attachment that goes to the bottom of the GameCube. And with that, I can put in Game Boy games, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and record them through the GameCube, basically. It does have a border, and it's not going to look as nice as its emulators. Uh, GameCube is one of those consoles that I want to get like an HDMI solution to, rather than having to upscale it through composite. Um, but that's how I do Game Boy games. NES games is even weirder. I have what's basically an adapter. It's this cartridge adapter that you plug into the Super Nintendo. And then using that adapter, I can put NES games in the SNES. Uh, very weird, I know. But it also has its own composite out cable. And so I just hook them up with the rest of them. But it's a little cartridge you plug in. And the top, you plug in an NES cartridge. So it looks like a pretty weird tower thing. But yeah, I could play NES games with a Super Nintendo controller. And this is also nice for me in particular because NESs, anytime me and Ethan have had one, they've broke or are pretty irritable to get working. So with this solution, I can just use that to record NES games. Unfortunately, the quality of it is pretty bad, honestly. Uh, NES is another one of those systems that I want like an actual solution for. But for now, it's convenient, and it doesn't give me any issues. And I don't record NES games that often anyway. And if I do, right, like NES Online on the Switch, Super Nintendo Online on the Switch, like that shit's going to look better than anything I do. That's the other sort of drawback with this sort of setup in particular is that the retro systems, um, they are technically getting spit out to HDMI, but it's not very clean. Um, and what I mean by clean is that you will still see a lot of blurriness, a lot of artifacts. You were taking essentially a 240p signal. Like, you know, 240p YouTube videos, like how bad those look. You're taking those signals and are trying to upscale it to 1080p to fit on a capture card and a TV. That's like a, what, 4? 4x scale or some shit? It's not going to look good. <laughs> Is what I'm trying to get at. There are permanent like scalers that you can buy. Like the Framemeister is one that I'm looking at in particular. That can take those composite signals and make them look their best when upscaled to HD. The problem is those things are expensive. We're talking like $300, $400 here. And uh, I love my retro games, but I don't love them that much. Um, but it is ultimately the better option to get a clean scale to go out to an HD TV. Um, but I much prefer having my VHS and DVD recorder, not only because it's cheaper, but I get the added benefit of recording movies and stuff whenever I want to <laughs> as well. So that's a little bit of a drawback as well. Uh, the HD systems look perfectly fine. Those are never going to have an issue with, but it it's clear that the Elgato HD60, my capture card, it does only accept HDMI signals for a reason. Because if it had like a composite thing or a component input, it wouldn't look good, basically. That's just sort of the, the price you pay with trying to hook up 
20, 30 year old consoles to modern TVs and, and modern capture cards. In fact, there's a whole, there's a whole scene on YouTube. If you want to look into it of how to get your retro systems hooked up to the best connections through modern TVs and such. The long answer is like a lot of complicated boxes and switchers. The short answer is money. <laughs> like if you have the money to invest in that shit, you can mod all your specific consoles. You could buy a frame meister. You could buy RGB cables. You could do all sorts of stuff. But for most people, that's not like a worthwhile option. Again, I didn't want to spend a ton of money on any of this stuff. Uh, the capture card itself was already a hundred or so dollars. The DVD and VHS was already a hundred so dollars. I already bought all these consoles. I'm not gonna spend like another three hundred just to get them all looking fucking mystique, basically. In case you're wondering about the switchers and stuff and what brands, uh, the AV one I have is a Panlong Video AV. It has eight inputs. The splitter is just some cheap splitter, like HD two view or whatever. Just look up HDMI splitter. Any of them will work. And then my uh, HDMI switcher is Kinevo. And it comes with a little remote. Kinevo is a pretty recognizable brand. Uh, Panlong is a pretty good brand. That uh, splitter one is kind of eh. Might need to replace that a little bit down the road. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how I capture all my games. And doing this, I can do everything pretty quickly and efficiently. Record things for LHG my main channel and any other like side projects or if somebody needs a little bit of gameplay footage i have access to my entire collection whenever i want i do want to figure out a system uh for the portable games like the game boy not the game boy the, D the ds the 3ds and the psps basically i have no way to capture those um, psp i believe you can have a cable to output to component which would be interesting but i don't own a psp and DS and 3DS just seem impossible. Uh, you kind of have to buy like a separate 3DS specific capture card, which again is going to run you like a hundred or so dollars and take like four weeks to get there. So I wouldn't recommend it, honestly. But yeah, that's the setup. Hopefully that uh, gave you guys a little bit of interest in trying to figure this out for yourself. This took me, myself, years of experimenting and fumbling around with different capture cards and setups. And I finally have it now to a place where I want it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Let me know if you have any questions on my Discord or any of my other social medias. You can check in the description below of Aiden on Anchor to find all that sort of stuff if you want it. I want to quickly apologize for any background noise you might have heard during this episode. Again, Thanksgiving Day when I'm recording this, there's going to be some, you know, some stuff in the background, basically. But hey, you do what you got to do. But yeah, with all that being said, I think that's going to do it for today. I don't really have any other topics. This was sort of the one thing I wanted to talk about today, just sort of to have an archive for anyone who might need it potentially in the future. Um, so there you go. But if you enjoyed this episode, let me know on Twitter or any of the other social medias or anywhere on the internet, really. I have about one more episode planned for the rest of the year. Episode 35 will probably be the last episode of Aiden on Anchor for this year. And then when January rolls up, we'll start getting back on schedule. But yeah, expect episode 35 to be sometime in the last week of December. Not the last week, in the first week of December. 
So this episode that you're listening to right now will probably come out on the 29th or the 30th. Episode 35, the last one of the year, will be on that first week of December. Anywhere between the 1st and the 7th. And then that'll be it for Aiden on Anchor for this year. And then we'll hop back into it for a brand new year. Wow. I might also have like a a Zach-type episode for one of my other friends on one of those days as well. Just because. For fun. Why the heck not? But, uh, yeah. I think with all that being said, uh, oh, wait, wait, yeah, if you want to donate to the podcast, you can do so. I keep forgetting to mention that, but Anchor allows you to donate to your favorite podcast, so if you want to support us financially, that is possible. I'm looking to try to get sponsorships for this. Uh, apparently, Zach and Jay already figured that shit out, and mine doesn't even show up yet. What the H? Ain't on Anchor's been around for 34 episodes telling me I can't get a freaking sponsorship, what the frick? But, uh. Whatever. With all that being said, though, I have been Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and I'm signing off. Bye bye.